Welcome back to the Inerbriated Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Mike, and once again, I'm joined by my friends Mark, Omar, Ian, and Erica. And in this episode, we're going to talk about Falcon Winter Soldier and drink, as we always do. Falcon Winter Soldier, second show uh, on Disney Plus for Marvel. This past Friday, the third episode was released. So, you know, a lot of big things happened in that episode. So we'll talk about that episode, but all three as well. So with that, let's dive right in. You know, we'll start with general thoughts. We'll go around the horn. A lot's happened in three episodes. You know, we've got um, this kind of budding buddy cop relationship between Bucky and Sam, the introduction of a new Captain America, introduction of other characters from the Marvel Universe that are being introduced to the, you know, to the MCU, the return of past MCU characters, as well as you know the introduction of a of a new location, Madripoor, which has you know fans excited about what that could mean for the introduction of of the X Men into the MCU. And lastly, you know, there's this interesting discussion about race and the African American experience in the U.S. that was taking place in this show. It's really one of the first times we've seen Marvel discuss that. Obviously, race was a, a focal point for for Black Panther, but you know, this is a, a different type of of conversation that's taking place in this show. So again, with that, let's go around the horn with general thoughts about the first three episodes. Ian, we'll start with you and uh, tell us what you're drinking. Hey, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me back. Uh, I am drinking Dalwini 15. It is a scotch from Scotland, obviously. Uh, first of all, I would love to say happy birthday to my nephew who turns 21 today. Betty Buckets, as they call him. I'm a proud uncle of five. Uh, he's the only boy, so happy birthday, Benny boy. Happy birthday, um, Ben. Happy birthday, Ben. Happy birthday, Ben. Happy birthday, Ben. Thank you. I'm just going to say, uh, I love the show. I mean, I, I first of all, as you all, you know, I'm sure know, and I think we, you have to say the share the same sentiment, at least a few of you, that the Captain America trilogy was my favorite trilogy of all the MCUs. It's the most comprehensive. It has the best movies, the best storylines. So yeah, this show is so far so good. Uh, the action scenes, that's really what I can say is just amazing. You know, going right into the, the, the Falcon mission, uh, against Batroc the Leaper, who is actually leaping from 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 helicopter to helicopter, so you finally see him leap, not just kick. But it's a great show, and if there's any sort of issue I have with it is that I feel like it's a six part movie, and I would love to just be able to watch all of it together and not, you know, week to week. Wandavision was great; it was episodic; it made sense, you know, building it from week to week that made that show really good. This week to week thing for for me for Falcon Winter Soldier is not working. That's my only P with it. Everything else, I love it. Can't wait to see where it goes. Happy birthday, Ben. Mark, what do you think? Hey, bro. Thanks for having me again. I really like Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, to uh, echo Ian's point, I agree. The Captain America trilogy is probably one of the best trilogies in comic movie history, in my opinion. It's definitely my favorite. It definitely has the best beats, the best emotional beats. I thought one of the best shot trilogies out there. But Falcon Winter Soldier... I think I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. The action scenes are great. The connection between Bucky and Sam seems great and real. And you see the tension between them, but also sometimes the the, the uh, small affections, the little things that, you know, that they do care about each other, but they can't say it or don't want to say it. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm loving the show. But yeah, I see Ian's point about the way they're releasing it. It is kind of weird because it, it does feel like a movie. But I'm definitely excited to see where they go with Zemo and Sharon Carter and, and to see where this all plays out. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. Omar, thoughts? Or tell us what you're drinking to. Well, first of all, you're welcome. I'm here. You all should be honored. I am currently drinking Double Dog, Double IPA. Dogfish Head is delicious. I love the show so far. I grew up on Lethal Weapon at Buddy Cop movies. This feels like Buddy Cop movie with, with uh, superheroes. So 
like automatically I love it. I agree with Mark that Captain America trilogy is my favorite. So it sounds silly, but like the line from from the first Cap, Cap's the first one's my favorite. I know there's more cool stuff in in Winter Soldier and and Civil War, but something about the first one really struck a chord with me. And I think it's that one line when when Red Skull says, um, "Who do you think you are?" And Cap's like, "Me? I'm just a kid from Brooklyn." Like all that to me is like why for me Cap is like my favorite superhero trilogy. And he's not even my favorite, but Spider-Man is my favorite character. But I feel throughout the whole thing, they they really nailed who Cap was as a character. From him not wanting to sign the Sokovia Accords, to him going to back for Bucky, all of that. So I love that this show is building off the stuff that happened from the trilogy. I love that Sam and Bucky are friends more because of their mutual respect and love for Steve. I, I just love just watching them argue. I think they have great chemistry. I love the running joke about he's a staring machine. So yeah, I I, I disagree about the format. I've seen action shows before. It doesn't, as far as like the week to week, like like I didn't sit there thinking, yeah, this is just a long movie. Like it felt like an action TV show. I don't really get that criticism. But yeah, I, I'm loving the show. Last but not least, Erica, what are your thoughts? And tell us what you're drinking. <laughs> Hello. I am drinking Edrite Theory Evangelion 17 Tabris. It's a hazy triple IPA with a 10% ABV. Nice and early today. I'm enjoying the show. I am really loving the show. It's action-packed. It's well-made. It's well done. I can see where the guys feel like it doesn't feel like a TV show. It's more like a movie broken up. But I can also understand Omar's point of it being just an action show like we were discussing the other day of it being like 24. Yes, it's a full-on show happening week to week. I do like the way him and Bucky interact with each other. It is very buddy cop, very lethal weapon-ish. And then... With the mutual respect or the way they banter off of each other, I mean, it's technically like it's an established acquaintance that is now trying to become a friendship because the anchor is no longer in the middle, right? You don't have Steve. Steve is the one that had Bucky as his oldest friend, and then he made Sam a friend. So now it's those two trying to be together without that main adhesive, I guess. So that's been fun. I love everything that they're throwing at us and get it because it's such a short series that they're giving us so much quickly. So, I mean, that's been fun. So it's given me something to look forward to. So I'm not mad at it. So it sounds like everyone is uh, enjoying this, you know, kind of buddy cop, lethal weapon thing happening between Bucky and Sam. And that's clearly, I think, been the focal point of the show. But, you know, there's also the introduction of this new Captain America and his very punchable face. Uh, how do we all feel about this new this new cap? <laughs> very punchable. <laughs> well, to, to the question is, yes, <clears throat> it's a very punchable face. I said that from episode one. Um, I don't like the way the helmet fits him. And and then just like, because I guess in the first episode, you try, to, you try to understand that he is a good person and he's military and he's put in the work and he's done everything that I guess would have gotten him selected as Captain America, because that's the thing. We have it in our head that Steve Rogers is Steve Rogers. But I mean, Steve Rogers was the kid that was going through boot camp because he wanted to be in the military. So when he's in that interview, he says, even though I never met Captain America, I've always felt of him as, you know, a brother. And it's like, I mean, that comes from that whole military lifestyle because, you know, Bucky's military, Sam's military. So I, didn't, I don't mind him in that first episode. Is then as it goes along, he starts to, I guess, feel himself a little more. He's not as unsure of what, I guess, his role is supposed to be. And he gets a little snacky. And then it's just like, I don't like him so much. It's interesting because I noticed in this last episode, he kind of has a little moment where his psychosis is going. So I'm, I'm curious, is like, is he already have this serum and he's trying to hide that he has it? 
because he's afraid that people will find out because he got it on some other bootleg version. So he might have some sort of power broker version or whatever. Or is he just a crazy dude because he's got PTSD from war and shit like that? And, you know, who knows, whatever. So it's, it's, it's interesting to think where it's going to go. But I know, I know he's, he's definitely a more vicious character. Maybe they're just setting up the fact that he is a little off. So that way, when he does get the super soldier serum, it makes sense why he goes bad, like the way Emil Blonsky became the you know, abomination or Red Skull became the Red Skull or whatever. Yeah, I actually agree. I like seeing him, his, tra- his, his descent into darkness. You know, that's definitely something I, 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 I'm enjoying watching because he does seem like a good person in that first scene in the second episode. Like, he's just trying to be the best cat he can be. But as that episode, you know, moves on, you start seeing cracks in that facade. Like, you see him, you know, that, that last scene in the second episode where he says, Get, stay out of my way, you see that there's something going on there. Because I think that's just him dealing with the pressure of being Cap, right? of, of being this Captain America and living up to that legend, that living legend that Cap is or was. And, you know, he's having trouble grasping with that or dealing with that. Like, kind of Sam was, too, because Sam, you know, gave up the shield. He, didn't want, he probably didn't want to deal with that pressure of, of being Cap. And he, did, he felt he, did, he, uh, he wasn't worthy of it or, or that he wasn't ready to take on that mantle, right? So it's a big deal to take on that, that shield, that, that mantle. And it, you can see him cracking under the pressure. And I, I, I don't think he has the serum yet, to answer your question. As he feels more and more inadequate for the role, I think that will propel him to do it as a power broker and to get that serum. It's just my theory. I think that will be what forces him to make that decision because he's dealing with like super soldiers right now. That crew, they're all powered. So he really can't compete with them. I mean, he has the skills, sure. But like, I mean, one punch from them and he can be taken out. That has to be in his head. I'm definitely loving that. You know, I'm curious to see how that all plays out. But yeah, he definitely has a very punchable face, though. I definitely agree with that. Um, <laughs> like, very easy to punch. I hope that his character doesn't stay bad. I hope that it's like a like a learning experience where he goes bad but can be redeemed. That's what I hope for his character. Because, I mean, it'd be cool to have him stick around. So, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on that question. I don't know. I'm, now that Ian said, like, now I'm like, there's a, there was a moment, there was a throwaway line that kind of supports what Ian's saying. Well, two, actually. One, when they say, like, he was just freakishly good at everything, and that's why he was chosen. Second, you find out in episode three that the CIA originally was trying to get that super soldier serum. I think he might have a version, but for whatever reason, it's not as good as the Flag Smashers. But I do think that that feeling of inadequacy is like really messing with him. So, you know, at the end of the day, that, those are big shoes to fill. And at the end of the day, he wasn't picked by the person that matters, which is Cap. I don't think he's a good person. I think he he fakes it. I think he's just a smug, opportunistic army brat. I don't see any kind of nobility in him or he's just a guy who follows orders and that's it. But that's military. That's not what Cap should be. I, I, going back to the helmet thing, I, they, they fixed it because it looks better in episode three. He looked like the old man from Up wearing the helmet in the first episode. I think at that moment, he was the most the most punchable. I've never physically wanted to assault someone more than John Walker, which is fair. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up. You know, his parents, are, in real life, he, I'm sure he's a great guy. His father, <laughs> his parents are Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, for God's sake. Like, he's got to be fun at a party. But he, he as John Walker, I just want to kick him in the nuts. Or try. Or try, because he probably would murder me. You reminded me of something just now, actually. Because there's a throwaway line in episode two, or he, when he's talking about the Super Soldier Theorem, he says that Theorem has a bad history. So does that? do you think that means that he took it, or do you think that means that he hasn't taken it? That's a weird line to say, he's taken it, right? Just, I'm just, just thinking out loud. Well, I was just think? playing off of Ian's theory. And no, I know. So yeah, I, I, I think that either he got 
a not as good version, and maybe it's fucking with his mind, like the way it was uh, Blonsky from Hulk. Right. And like I said, that's just off the cuff on on Ian's thing. I gotta mull it over, man. Because we don't know if he was blipped, right? We don't know anything. So it's like say, say for instance, he wasn't blipped. He was around in the military. You know, he was a young up and coming kid. They had whatever serum they had before that guy blipped, right? Because that means he was making serum for the government, the U.S. government, before he blipped. So whatever serum he had made, it was clearly some work done. So they might have taken that and done their own little, you know, super soldier serum during the blip trying to test on people. And he might have been one of them, possibly. Because he seems to be like some, like, you know, white bread kid that, you know, did everything right. You know, he's a star quarterback, married his high school sweetheart. He doesn't sound like a bad guy. He's, there's something else there that is messing with his head either it's just you know the, the fact that he is a soldier and he's been through war and he's just human or he actually has already taken this thing because he took the punch from her like i mean you think carly hit him lighter than she hit the other the other two i mean he went flying when she kicked him right or when she punched him yeah yeah I mean, but so did so did so did bucky and bucky's a super soldier you know so does, I was gonna that, say, that, like that, maybe th- maybe carly and them have like the like the refined better version because who, who knows, maybe the CIA kept working on it while the scientist was blipped. So, yeah. you know, they gave Walker the serum and it's bootleg. And it would explain why he was so smug at the beginning. And then, like, he gets punched by, by Carly and it's like, oh, crap. Like, you know, maybe mentally it's like, you know, they got the better version and that could be messing with him. Because he seems really, like, hyped on, like, tracking them down. Well, if he also doesn't know there's any other super soldiers in the world other than yeah. Bucky... And he's like, wait a second. Oh, I thought I was the only one here. Because super soldiers were essentially, you know, defunct. Excuse me. Now they're back. And, you know, and, and, and the U.S. government won't get rid of it. So we brought up the, the super soldiers and these flag smashers. How do we feel about, you know, them serving as the antagonist in the show? I'll, I'll kick things off by saying I'm a little confused by, like, their motives. In the first few episodes, you get the sense that they've got good intentions. But then in this last episode... Carly blew up the building with all the innocence in it, right? So, yeah, obviously we've got a long way to go on the show, but uh, any initial thoughts about the Flag Smashers as, you know, as this, uh, you know, as, as the villain in the show? They're, they're definitely antagonists, right? Because they're, they're, you know, they're, they're stealing, they're blowing shit up. I, I don't think they're evil. I just think, you know, they're, they're angry and they're frustrated. They explained in the beginning where it's like the people who were blipped are being taken care of while... It, to their perspective, the people who've been here the whole time are being ignored. And so the, they're trying to help the people who, who who were here and need the help. I just think as things are going on, I think Carly's kind of becoming more like radicalized. Because mm-hmm. the, the dude with her was like, yo, that's not cool. And she was like, nah, fuck that. Like she's, she's getting angry and that's going to make her dangerous down the line, I think. There's no black and white, like there's shades of gray. And, and that's how it should be. No, I, I agree. I think I, I, that was the point I was going to make is that there, there really is gray for everyone, right? There is no good guys and bad guys in the situation. I mean, Sam's working for the government to make some dough to make some black ops type shit. And then, you know, Bucky is making amends, but also still sending people to jail and then still doing whatever he wants to do, essentially. Zemo, who is the clear bad guy in this, now is out of prison. And you're kind of like, you know, he has a sympathetic role in what he believes in. But now that he's like a rich dude all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, these motherfuckers, you know, I know he is a baron and I knew that was going to come around eventually or something like that. They do something about that. But I was like, I did not expect it to be like, oh, this dude's like Bruce Wayne now and, and, and he can just do whatever he wants. I was like, oh, I was like, they did, they did not make it seem like that in Civil War. It seemed like he was a soldier that, you know, that was like a hard, you know, you know working man kind of. 
when the government knew about him, they did not say anything about him being a baron and that he has a lot of money. They say his name is Baron, but they don't say anything about him having cash like that. You, you figure that was something that Thunderbolt Ross would say. So, you know, I think there's kind of gray area for everyone because they because these people, these flag smashers right there doing what they think is right. You know, they took this stuff, you know, from this guy you know, or girl. We don't know who the power broker is yet. Uh, it could be Sharon Carter or it could be someone else. I, I honestly think my theory about Sharon Carter is that she still is working for the government and she got blipped and she came back. And then they were like, hey. People still think that you're no, you're no longer, you know, you're excommunicated from us. Come work for us and just be deep undercover. And I think that's what she is. I think that's what's going to turn out to be, because she helped them out and then said we have trouble or we have whatever we have a problem. So it was like I don't think it was necessarily saying pertaining to the power broker, or maybe it is, but I don't know. Maybe she's yeah, double agent style. Well, I just want to say one thing. I think the power broker is going to be Mephisto. I'm calling it now. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Of it's gonna, and it's going to be the it's going to be the power, power fist. Yeah, yeah. Power. I, I think I think you I think it's a stretch, but I think if it, if if there was a stretch of a character, it would be the man to set up Shang Chi. Hmm. Hmm. That movie is coming out soon. Hmm. The theater near you. While we're talking about characters that have that, that have returned, right? There's Sharon Carter. There's Ao from the Dora Milaje, right? Any thoughts on what the introduction of these characters means, you know, for the future of the show, right? Where do you think they're going? I mean, I understand why AO came back. I mean, obviously, because, you know, Baron's out. There's that whole, <laughs> you need to go. But you know what's interesting about that, though, is, listen, Black Panther let him go, or not let him go, but imprisoned him, right? Wasn't trying mm-hmm. to. Right. You know, and so I, I, I'd be curious to see whether she's out for blood or to just put him put back, him in, back. In prison. Yeah. Probably yeah. put him yeah. back. But no, but remember what he said. He said, this world's not done with you. So maybe I, I don't know if you know T'Challa could see the future, but you know he ha- he felt something in him, and and you know in the comics eventually, Zemo turns to be like an antihero and, and be with the Thunderbolts as uh, Citizen B. So you know maybe that's the whole point is that he's gonna eventually turn and be on the on the good side because the only thing I could see where he would end up going is that he's gonna end up getting the super soldier serum like stuck in him by accident or something like that. He's gonna now be a superhero and he's gonna be stuck with that because he hates superheroes. Like that, that would be like his personal hell possible. And also I loved him dancing. That was fantastic. <laughs> that was a great scene. Well, I just want to add also while I didn't think about it, it made sense because everything he did in Civil War would have needed money. So like I wasn't surprised that he was rich when they when they said so. Like everything he did in Civil War, you like you, mm. you would, yeah, and he, he did he, that he for just, a purpose. He either it, now it's just like okay, he must have been he must have bankrolled everything himself. True. I mean I didn't I didn't think of it that way. I mean it was, it was I definitely raised the question of how the fuck did he do all that? But yeah, that makes sense. I know I'm awesome. But I love Sam. He's like, wait, so this whole time you've been rich? <laughs> dude, <laughs> Sam Baron? Dude, Mackie, great comedic timing. I completely agree. So, you know, again, three episodes in, long way to go, but, you know, things are heating up now, right? New characters, new locations, Easter eggs. What do you guys think? Where where do you think the show is is, is going to go? Well, I definitely, again, I repeat, Mephisto to be behind the whole thing. The only prediction I have is someone's getting the Super Soldier Series. It's either going to be John Walker or maybe Isaiah Bradley's uh, nephew, because they are setting up Young Avengers. I personally would like Sam to get the Super Soldier Serum, because mm-hmm. we all know he's going to end up being Cap. I think a couple of people are going to get the Super Soldier Serum. I don't want to get my hopes up about anything X-Men. Like, I got burned already with, with WandaVision. When they do it, they do it. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Although Badger Poor is a big clue. Mm. But then again, Marvel could be fucking with us. So 
does that. But I definitely think John Walker's going to get the Super Soldier Serum. I definitely think he's going to end up giving the shield up to, to Sam. I, Sam's getting the shield. I just don't know how. So that's the only prediction I have right now. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's there's not as much predictions as I have questions. Um, but I definitely think, as Omar said with Badger Poor, that definitely is a huge clue for X-Men. And there was, there was a lot of X-verse, if you want to sit, call it that, you know, minor characters sprinkled throughout. So it's like they're pl- they're plucking things from the X-verse and th- sprinkling it in with us unknowing. And then eventually you go back and you realize, oh, they were doing all this all, all the time. So my theory about uh, what's going on is I think from one of the trailers where they show Falcon playing around with the shield, which we haven't seen yet, which you know obviously is later on when he gets the shield back, and he does that flip in the air. I don't know if this is a trick now that maybe they're going to, you know, CG wings on him flying and like that's how he does that flip, but he's never been able to do stuff like that. So if he's doing stuff like that, I feel like he might get the super soldier serum. He might actually have that at the end. Really, I, the only thing is like I think Mandarin would be at the out there choice. Uh, I think the, you know, pointing towards possibility would be Zola in some sort of form being behind all of this or something along those lines you know the power broker not even being a person and just being like zola and an interface or something like that who knows it's exciting to see and i can't wait to see the end of it prediction yeah i'm not quite sure where this will go to be honest we might get some more x-men hints but i doubt we'll see any like wolverine or anything like that i, I don't think we're gonna get any of that stuff i think i'm one right on that point X-Men is, we're not going to see them in this in this show. You know, the Power Broker is an, in, is an interesting kind of mystery character. Um, it could be Thunderbolt Ross, could be it could be the Mandarin at Tien's point, or it could be an entirely new character that we've not seen before. Now, in that second episode, when you see them attacking Carly's group, they're government soldiers, it, it feels like. So that leads me to think it might be Thunderbolt Ross, but I'm not sure that's real. In terms of, of who gets the soldier serum, I know, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that John Walker will get it at some point during this show, because he has in the comics. He, he's actually strong on the cap in the comics. So I'm sure he'll get it in this show at some point in time. I actually don't want Sam to get it, because I don't think, Omar, do you know if it's sure or not? Did, um, did Falcon get it in the comics? I looked it yeah. up, and again, I have to like do some more research. But apparently, he got injured, and like he got a blood transfusion from Steve. Oh, so yes, yeah, so the Sam of the comics might have uh, superpowers, telepathy oh, with okay. birds, or some bullshit. I don't. know. Maybe that's how it'll happen. Maybe maybe he'll yeah. get he'll get uh, Bucky's blood because he'll be injured in this, or Isaiah's blood. Yeah, you know, it could, could be something like that. Do uh, you think they're gonna bring him back? But Winter huh? Soldier is a cyborg, though, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't have a serum in him. No, he, yeah, he, he does. He does. He does. No, because they said in Winter Soldier that Zola tested on Bucky and gave him the serum. Oh, okay. All right. All right. They, they said that in Winter Soldier. Um, so he does have the serum. So he, he's a super soldier. So, you know, you can get it from, from Bucky or from Isaiah. But, and I do think they're going to bring him back. I do think we're going to see Isaiah again. Because I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that we're going to see why he was imprisoned. Uh, like, what like the events leading up to that and what caused it. Because I'm pretty sure... Um, we'll probably even see that fight that him and Bucky were mentioning in, in the second episode. We'll probably see that fight play out in, um, in the past. So I, I definitely want to see that. Um, I hope so. I mean, I mean there, there's no reason to, to get an actor and then age him up and then not be and then not right. show yeah, us yeah. when he was younger. Exactly. I like how they did the with the race thing with, with Isaiah and how they experimented on him and kind of used him as a guinea pig. So in the comics, that's the case, but he still fought for his country and was still in prison for it. So you know, that's a very interesting story to dive into. And I would like to see more about that. So I, I think they'll, I think they'll give us that because they never hinted at like kind of a, you know, like a, a race part of this of this um show. Like you, you saw Sam being uh, almost being arrested 
in Maryland, but after you saw Isaiah, race clearly will play into this a bit. Yeah, can we talk about how badass Isaiah looks? Because he looked like he could have whooped their asses without the Super Soldier Serum. Fair. He does. For me, I guess it's like Ian. I don't really so much have predictions, but I have questions. Like, like what's going on with Sharon, though? What is he doing? Who does she work for? Because if you are <laughs> excommunicated, you can't go home. But, like, you're doing all right where you are. The arts, the parties, the things, even in the scene after... You know, that they find the scientists in the yard. Who is that person? Like, who is her driver who said, we have a problem? We actually have a couple of them. Like, what is that about? See, those are my questions. I can't sit here and go, all right, they're going to do this, this, and that because of movies and comics. But, like, what is she doing? She's a Carter, for Christ's sake. That was, I think, my biggest question there. Yeah, and I guess it'd be interesting to see what they do with the Baron, how that goes. Maybe, maybe she's there trying to get the super soldier serum for herself you think i want to be what my aunt wanted to be and what cap was you know that kind of thing like she's got to prove herself because you got to think like it's a little messed up because at the end of the day you know she made out with cap you know they had a little thing but in the day he chose to go back in time and spend time with sharon as opposed to with peggy. living at living in the present and st- sorry peggy peggy and, and staying with sharon so, you know, well, I, mean, I, 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 I can feel how she might feel like jilted, like, oh, like obviously she, she still loves him. But it's like, you know, all right, let me do whatever I want to do. I, I, I can, you know, I can get the super soldier serum, get it in me and I can be a superhero. But I don't fuck, me, fuck the world. I don't think I could see her being jilted. I mean, obviously, if you yeah. know your family history, that was the love of your aunt's life. Everybody knew it. You grew up with those stories. And I mean, initially she was put on there as a job, right? She was just there to keep an eye on him. Yeah. So if it because it's, you know, two good looking people, they're young, technically, <laughs> you know, and things can like pop off and she got to like smooch the man that's so legendary. But I don't think it would be like, oh, I now need to be a super surgeon. I mean, for me, she feel she fulfilled whatever that childhood girl thing was that I wanted to be as cool as my aunt Peggy. Yeah. So she became an agent. Yeah. Would she even know, though? Would Sharon even know that Cap went back and had an alternate life with? No, she wouldn't. She wouldn't know that. Right? Yeah, because no one even knows that Cap's really is dead or not. They think he's right. That's another thing here, right? Like we don't know where Cap is. Yeah, we don't. Like, we, we, don't we don't know what people know about Cap. About right. what? But yeah. that's really, but it's pretty but clear. Everyone, pretty everyone knows about everything else. So you got to assume that they probably have told the whole story because they probably had to go in front of a, a, a Senate committee meeting and actually say what happened. No, that's or not true can... because we saw in this episode, in the first episode, that guy, the Mexican kid, says, where is, is he in the moon somewhere, watching over us? Like, clearly they don't know, the public does not know where Steve is. Like, as he says, is Steve on the moon? There, there are rumors of this. Yeah, but I, which I, makes I, sense because you wouldn't want like, people camping out in front yeah. of his house. Yeah, right. I, I, I doubt anyone knows what happened to Steve. I, 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 they wouldn't have, why would they tell that? But I, well, but because I, they put but a I, shield in a museum. I'm sorry. Yeah. So they're acting like he's dead. So it's, it's so that's yeah. to me is like so to me it's like okay. So I think he's more of like an Elvis type figure to, to the world. You know the, the regular right. humans in this world. Where like mm-hmm. oh is he alive? Is he around? Because he could have said him alluding to I heard Cap was on the moon could mean old man Cap could be on the fucking spear with Nick Fury up there. He he could <laughs> well, he could be like literally a general from space now and be like a he's He's amazing tactically. He's got the he's got the mind for it. Even you know beyond the fighting aspect, he always leads. He always knows how to fight people and you know and it's strategy. Yeah. So 
he might be the dude that's up there like training the scrolls or whomever he's up there you know they're trying to whatever you know battle they're sort of fighting so him being on the moon is not too far-fetched yeah i mean it's not but i also i mean you get from like the end of Endgame, you you get the vibe that he's done right that he's done with being a superhero that's why he gives sam the shield because he's done he can't do it anymore so yeah could it be on the moon like training super scrolls or whatever or training them to be soldiers sure he could i don't think that's the case it makes it pretty clear that he's done like he's just living out his old age of life and he's done with the life right he, he's, okay, i don't i don't think the normal people know that he's living out his life i know no, i know them yeah. i'm like the fact that you're taking his shields which is obviously the other half of him and you're putting it in a museum regardless if he's alive or not to, to everyone else you would automatically think that okay did he die or is he just like exactly that gone somewhere well, or, may, or maybe the story is like he went to go retreat, return everything and he never came back. Like he just got lost in time. Like we don't know where Cap is. And even yeah, that's a lot I mean, of information for the normal person in yeah, general. You know I, what I, I mean? But I don't think that people like they were like, because he didn't even tell Sam where he went. He just said, like, all, all that even Sam knew was that he went back in time and came back. And all, and all Sam saw was the wedding ring. He didn't know it was Sharon. He didn't know it was Peggy Carter. We know that because we saw it. But Steve didn't know that. So I doubt that anyone else knows who might be Peggy Carter. I, I mean, they might know we went back in time. You and, would and assume he's only ever spoken about one love of his life. The it doesn't dude, the matter dude literally carried a compass with her picture in it her for a hundred years. Yeah, but not every, <laughs> the general public doesn't know that, though. Like, the, the public and, and the MCU Yeah, but Falcon know, does. Falcon does. So Falcon, Falcon would know. No, doesn't. You, you don't know that because you know, you, know, you know Falcon's never seen that. Black Widow knows that, but she's dead. Let's talk about trailers, right? I mean, there were there were three, I think, that came out last week. We got Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. Space Jam, and Ian's mm-hmm. favorite, The Black Widow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are some thoughts here, right? Let's start with Black Widow. I I, I did watch it. I, I'm in the minority here. Like, I'm not super excited about. I mean, I'm excited about Black Widow because it's going to be the first Marvel movie in a, in a long time. But you know, I've just never. She's just never been like a. Like I'm, just, I'm not a huge Black Widow fan, so uh, you know I'm, of course, I'm excited for a Marvel movie, but not necessarily the backstory to the Black Widow. But uh, how's everyone else feeling about what they saw? Well, there have been three trailers now, right? So how's everyone feeling about what they're seeing? I'm still excited for it. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. I, I mean, if they keep pushing this thing back, I'm going to get annoyed with it. But right now, I'm still hyped for it. Um, I think the action looks great. I'm excited to see Taskmaster. Um, and Red Guardian too, actually. Um, I'm really curious to see what they do with the characters, and um, I wonder if I, I do wonder what they're going to do with Yelena, and if she'll be a, a recurring character throughout the MCU after this movie. I think she will be, but um, we'll see where that movie ends. Um, yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. Ian, I mean, I think I think uh, I think Yelena might actually be in in, in Falcon Winter Soldier, to be honest. I think, I think there's, right. there's there's grumblings that she's going to show up. So I, it, it would make sense. That's, that's the reason why that they were like so upset yeah. about all oh, the order. And then you're like, all right, well, mm-hmm. fuck it. You know, we'll just do it this way. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see I didn't watch the whole trailer. I got duped into previewing a little bit of it. I'm super excited for this film. And that's why I, that's why I boycott trailers, especially super close to it. You know, I, I, don't, I won't even watch the commercials for next week's episodes for Falcon and Winter Soldier or WandaVision. And it's like, I'm, I'm so close. Like, I'm going to see it. I'm super excited to see what it is. And I hope there's some other things other than DH Thunderbolt Ross. Maybe we get uh, Omega Red is, is talked about possibility that he might show up. 
which would be great. You know, being that he was in he was in Deadpool, so you know, technically in that in that in that prison scene, yeah, there was a guy. There was an extra. He looked like Omega Red, and when when they interviewed him, he said, "They told me I my name is Omega Red." I entirely. He's got a weird face. Like, they, they, I'm sure they're not going to do the same character, but you know, the fact that he was there in the background, and you know, damn you, Disney and Marvel for releasing yet another trailer with more footage. And more storyline to show us more of the story that we're going to watch in about a couple months. Yeah, those and bastards, you know what? how dare how they about, advertise their shit? Well, how about you give us how about you give us your Shang-Chi trailer or something mm. else? You know, give us give us something else that's coming. I've seen this. I know this, we've seen this for a year, two years. We've watched this trailer two for years. two years. <laughs> I, you know, I get it. You're trying to tell you're trying to remind the people that don't, you know, the, the casual viewers that, oh, this movie never came out. It's coming out now, though. You can finally see it. I feel like we're going to see Black Widow and possibly Shang-Chi in November on Disney Plus. Um, and I think Eternals will be pushed because I feel like Eternals in their mind is too big of a movie with Angelina Jolie in it to not show direct to theaters. I love Super Angry Ian, by the way. Super Saiyan. Yeah, great. But question: How are you guys going to see Black Widow? Are you are, is everyone going to see it through Disney Plus, or are you going to try and see it in theaters? Eric, oh. how do you want to see it? Um, I think for Black Widow, honestly, that one doesn't feel like it needs to be as big. Let's say I have to see it in the theater. I may mm-hmm. just do it at Disney Plus. Like, okay. TV's big enough, I guess. That's what she yeah. said. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, folks. Okay. So, uh, so, so yes. good one. Okay, so, so, so folks, a little bit of explanation here. Every time Omar says that's what she said, the group was going to judge whether he stuck the landing on, you know, on, on, the, on the that's what she said reference. And if we agree that he sticks it, then... Uh, that's what she said. That's what she said. That's actually probably a better one. <laughs> we'll, we, will, we will drink. So with that, what do you think? Did he stick the landing on that one? Yeah, we're drinking. Okay. Yes, right. he did. He did. We're Here's, drinking. Yeah. Of course I did, because I'm amazing. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, so that's Black Widow. I mean, again, a few other trailers that came out, Suicide Squad, Space Jam, and any thoughts on, on those trailers? Suicide Squad was dope. I was I was shocked that I liked it, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I was shocked. I, I, was a, I saw the cast, and I was like, there's some big names here, but like, how is it all going to work? And, you know, seeing the cast and like, wow, they actually really did a great job. From what I from the trailer alone, just the trailer alone. It seems like it's a very fun movie. The comedic timing seems a lot better in this movie than it did in the first one. Like Harley seems much funnier. Rick Flagg seems a lot funnier. And Idris Elba, he kills it. And, and those scenes that we see him, he kills, like, he just kills it. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down to watch that movie. Um, I'm surprised that I'm actually digging it. I can't believe that you guys, anyone would think that you're not going to be into the James Gunn version of this fucking movie. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I might be in the minority. I like the first one. Like, as far as DC films go, like what we've gotten over the last 10 to 15 years, like post Nolan verse. I actually enjoy that film and watch it often. Not often, but I watch it when it's on. You know, and I'll you know if I'm flipping by if, if I'm watching cable. It, it just looks fantastic. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And I'm just really happy that we can finally move on and have James Gunn go to Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Can't wait to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. Ian's point about uh Elba. No, I think it was Mark. Uh, yeah, I think that's just him being him. Uh, I, I've read, I don't think he's really into like these uh, superhero stuff. So like, that's probably just him like, yeah, I'm in another superhero movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not him acting. That's just, that's just Elba being Elba. It's not just dangerous for the genre. Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. Like, I he's love Elba. Dope. So, 
Of course he's yeah. dope. Uh, he's a DJ. If anyone listening, make him fucking Bond. He needs to be the next Bond. He already um, said no to that. He said no to that. He said no. He wouldn't do it. What he fucking Bond, actor has ever said no to Bond? Seriously. He said, well, I think he said no. I think I, there was an article where he said he wouldn't do it because I forget the reason why, but he just... He's he always said that, that he wouldn't expect it. He wouldn't expect to be asked because Bond has never been black. But, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's also it's also I thought he's been dicked around for so long too. Probably yeah. it's also yeah. it's also do you want to deal with that? You know the it's backlash like you're gonna get. You know yeah. with, with with the ultra purist fans started in hate mail and all that shit. Do you really want to deal with that in your life? Yeah. You know, no, that's He's not you know young. He's, not, the, he's like, not thirsty, right? He's he's an established actor that can do whatever he wants, especially at this point. Right. But I'm saying the black the backlash from that would come probably from the states and not even from the UK. Is that true? Uh, well, maybe I guess. There well, are, listen, we, there we, are... we've introduced the, the the conversation of race here with Idris Elba as, as James Bond potentially. Let's kind of come back to Falcon and Winter Soldier. Again, this is one of the few times that Marvel has, has put race relations, the African-American experience in the U.S. at the forefront of their shows or movies, right? So any thoughts about how, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier is tackling that conversation? It's, you know, it's an important one right now, given, you know, the times we're living in. Any thoughts on that? Well, I like how it's kind of bubbling. Like, I, I think race is kind of why Falcon didn't want to be capped. I think that might be mm. an aspect of it. But I love the scene when the cop stops him. Uh, the second cop's like, uh, dude, that's a fucking Avenger, dude. And, and like, also now he's like, you know, apologizing. And I, I like how the white guy is the one that gets arrested. So that scene was awesome. Yeah, role reversal, definitely. I, I don't think they're really focusing on race, but it, but it, it, mm. it, it just feels like it's kind of like the undercurrent. Yeah. Well, well, they've been several, co- there've been a couple of scenes where, you know, when Sam is talking to, to the kid and the kid calls him um, Black, Black Falcon. Falcon. Oh, yeah, that's great. And he's like, well, do people call you Black Kid? Right? <laughs> I, thought that was, I thought that was a really interesting scene, right? And obviously the stuff with um, with Isaiah and that that scene where the cops arrest, um, arrest Bucky but go after Sam initially, right? So, listen, I agree. It's not like maybe a focal point. Maybe that's well, too strong, but it's, there. But it's definitely, definitely there. It, yeah, it's, it's definitely there, exactly. I think it's more it's there a little more than you think because I think the reason why Sam didn't take the shield partially is because as a black man he viewed Captain America as this blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white being and was like mm. I don't I that that's not that's he didn't see himself represented in Captain America and in a country that has you know treated his people this way for so long that it was hard. So that's why he, that's, I feel like that's why he was upset that he didn't know about Isaiah. And he was like, how come you didn't tell me about him? Because if I had known that there was a black Captain America, maybe I wouldn't feel the way I feel about being Captain America the same way. Cause I'd be like, oh, there's already, that race barrier has already been broken. I'm not going to do it myself and I'm not going to have to carry the weight of all. Yes, you'll have to carry the weight, but at least he'll know that there's someone that kind of was already there and is a role model to him as far as that goes. Mm. That's deep. That's interesting. I think that with that, though, you know, the, the experience that, that Isaiah had is so much different than what Steve had, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Isaiah, like, he literally was imprisoned. He was tested on. Like, that experience of the Black Captain America is a very bad one, right? It's a very poor example. And I'm not sure if that would inspire Sam to be Captain America or might, maybe it might scare him to be Captain America because of how he was treated. I mean, the man who this is back in, like, the 50s, the 60s, probably, who knows, back in Korea, so... 50s. It's hard to say how that would affect somebody, but you know, I do think that race does play a part into why Falcon didn't take the, the shield. How big of a part is still unknown. But you know, I do like how you know they are they are weaving this into the story, but they're not 
making it the focal point of the story. Like, you know, there is like, like to Omar, Omar said, like it's, it's not, it's under, it's under undercurrent of the story, but the main focus is still like, you know, the superhero stuff, like stopping the flag smashers and, and, you know, and doing all that. But, you know, I, I like that the undercurrent of, of racial tension is there because that's probably how, if this was real, it's probably how it would be. You know, there would be some racial tension with him being a black Captain America. That's probably a real part of it. Now, I, you know, people are saying, I've heard on YouTube, people say that, that, that Falcon and Winter Soldier is becoming too woke. I would disagree with that because I think any show or anything where you're dealing with this kind of topic of, of a black man taking up that, that kind of mantle, you know, you're going to deal with some racial ramifications or just disgruntled Americans, you know, oh, a black guy taking the shield, how dare you, that kind of stuff. So I think it's good that they're at least attacking it, in, you know, front on, you know, they're, they're, they're dealing with it. So I think it's good they're doing it, but I don't think they're being woke about it. I think they're being, I think it's social commentary, right? They're, they're, they're using this show to make social commentary about the current times we live in. I think that's fine to do that. The comics did it too. I mean, I feel, I feel it's more, I guess, not so much being woke about it, but I guess it's trying to be more organic in how it's being introduced in every episode because you get a touch of it, you know? So you have in that episode, you have that, that interaction. Yes, to him finding out that there was a Black super soldier as, as you're saying so that like it's different i mean my i feel my relate his relationship with with steve it wasn't so much that he was a blonde blue-eyed kid it was more like he was a soldier and he's a soldier and he related to him because you're like the ultimate soldier which is what mm. captain america ended up being you know what i mean sure. um and even if in the last episode when they're talking about trouble man baron was just like what do you mean you don't you have to it's amazing and he was just like oh i like music from the 40s he's like yeah but you have to like trouble man and he breaks it down <laughs> he's like the cohesive you know the african-american culture and the whole collective and he's just like yeah that feels like you know inappropriate but yeah you're right so it's, like, uh-huh. it's being it's being put out there but i feel it's a little more organic because sam is a black man he's an african-american yeah. in this time so yeah. you have to be proud of who you are and i mean and it's not like he hasn't done anything it's just like you know he's like, i just want to add that it's it's kind of like a damned if you do damned if you don't situation where it's like if, if they just treated it like a straight popcorn action flick people would criticize them for not touching on on the obvious race issue Mm -hmm. they touch on it like erica said organic a subtle way and they get criticized for for being woke which which is a bullshit thing because it's like it's just people trying to silence the black community and and tell them that they can't complain like shut the fuck up (laughs) because if you got a complaint you're gonna fucking say it like just let them air their grievances. So I, that's why I hate that whole, you know, like the the, the woke thing. It's like, but anyway, I, I, you know, staying on top. It's like, but I like that, that there's that subtle like casual racism, like you know, with with the with Zemo going, oh, the African American experience, like you know, like it, 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 it's subtle. But I don't think he's saying it to be racist. He's just yeah. saying, yeah, racist. of course. Yeah, well, that's the point. Explains. He's not saying it to be racist, but it's still well the way you said. That's what it he, just like now. casual. But like, yeah. because you, you saw how how, how Falcon reacted, like that's inappropriate. But yeah, Marvin Gaye's awesome. Exactly, no, yeah. but he's like, but he's right. I mean, he's right. right. But, but the but the but the whole thing with casual racism is that whole like you're not meaning to be racist, but you're you're saying something that could be construed or you know what I mean. Like you know, there was an interesting line that Zemo said in the last episode. It's it's when Falcon Falcon says that I look like a pimp, right? And then Zemo says only an American would assume that a black man dressed in a fine outfit will be a pimp, right? Ice, it was a very yeah, interesting line that I said. Yeah. And I was like, 
that's because that's kind of a, a foreigner reacting to what Americans how, how Americans see things, right? It's an outside perspective looking in. Um, and you know, he's probably a dick, but like, it's also kind of a, an interesting point, though. He's being you know, about like, accurate. Right, he is, and and you know, but he, he's not doing it to be, to be nice. He's like, you're, you're doing it to be a dick, but he's right. You know, why would why does Sam looking like a, a guy in a, a nice outfit? Why is he a pimp? I mean, mind you, he's a little flamboyant, sure, but flamboyant to whose standards? To the American, because that's how we see things like that. You go to it, Europe yeah, and fair. it's normal. It's normal. Right. We're the ones yeah, that are it, always behind. And to, and be the, fair, if the real, to be fair, if the real smiling tiger dresses that way, then I mean, he's just Zemo's just trying to dress him up that way. And to be to be fair, Zemo said fashion forward. Fashion forward. That's what he said. Okay, that's what he said. Which is funny coming from the guy in a purple mask. <laughs> yeah well it's, it's interesting because they're well. they're playing they're playing on as far as zemo goes our distrust of him but so far he's done nothing but let us make us trust him so it's like uh, so not entirely but yeah not entirely but yeah but it's Bullshit. like it's he like, grabbed that gun i was distrustful yeah. of him big time i'm not saying i'm not saying you're not just I'm, that's what i'm saying I'm saying they're playing on us distrusting him <laughs> <laughs> I feel that's kicking in. Get hot in here. <laughs> but but a, as a villain, that's that's his job. Yeah. He wants you to trust him so he can put that fucking knife in your back. But I no, exactly. that's what Zemo you know. does. Yeah. Like, but, but I, feel like guy, I feel like him shooting the guy was a big telltale of him. Probably not gonna be a, you know, it's kind of a clear sign he's gonna go bad at some point in time, right? He this, this isn't like a redeeming character arc for him. But why, well, why, why did he shoot him? Once he said they stole all the serum, there's nothing left. He was like, bang, you're dead. That's it. That's all that's left is, is 12 vials. Done. So now oh, what, no he, more. what his game okay. is, he was like, wait, Falcon and Bucky need me. Let me stay as close as possible to them so I can kill the Flag Smashers, get rid of all the vials, and the last person that's left is Bucky, Bucky. the last sil- super soldier, and I will kill him. That's what I feel his game is that he's going his plan is to kill Bucky when once he kills everyone else, you know, and make sure that it's all this is all done with. Um, Prediction. Prediction, yeah. Prediction. Legit. Legit. Okay, so moving on to uh, a segment that we're introducing to the show. Uh, we're gonna give out an award every week, um, you know, based on you know the recent happenings and in the geek world. And this week's award goes to Anthony Mackie slash Falcon for the best facial hair recovery because his beard in Endgame was brutal. Some rainbow swirl thing that he had in Endgame. And now he's like, good, got rid of the beard, you know, looking like a solid Falcon again. So the award to best facial hair recovery goes to uh, to Falcon slash, slash Anthony Mackie. Agreed. Oh, we could just give it. I agree. He definitely came back, but I mean, there's been some really bad facial hair in, in the MCU. That, that's that's let's let's talk about Tony Stark. Is that, a thing? No, like, that, yeah, uh, is that a thing? The whole facial hair thing? Is that a thing? Really? It is a thing if you watch them. <laughs> I, well, looking at there your beard, a, Omar clearly was not a thing for you. So hey, my beard's awesome. Omar looks great. Looks great. But you know, obviously there's been uh, the paste and stuff on for uh, Thor, but other than that, uh, you know. Oh, that first Thor. Yeah, Mackie's Mackie's beard came through this time, you know. But I, I you know, it's it's like it's like what is 
what happens during the blip? You know, does your hair grow? You know, you come out, is it in the same spot and just grows where it was already in? You know, right. so do it's you like, get a cut in the, like, do those, like part, do those particles during the blip? Like, yeah, what happens? Do those, <laughs> do those particles come back normal and your hair is in exactly the same spot? You know, it's like, there's a lot of questions. You know, we don't, we don't know, we don't know post blip what happened. Well, you I know, think did, he went home and got like a real shape up. And like they fixed the book. See, I, I honestly, I, I just my, going back to my point about the show being more like a movie. I really feel like this could have been a three-hour film, and they could have cut out a lot of these, a lot of these plot lines. I like that we're getting it, as opposed to like dealing with it as deleted scenes later on and going, "Oh, this would have been nice to know this part of the story." But you know, I really feel like this is like they're like, "Oh, when we first write a movie, it's usually about six hours of content anyway, and then we cut it down and we get to a certain point. That's what it is." So it's like they could really just go, oh, well, let's just throw a show out there and call it a show. And it just it's really just a six hour film. <laughs> but I think the, uh, the 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 nerdy to to Anthony Mackie for the beard is, 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 is where it's at. Well, nerdy. I nominate Sebastian Shaw. Oh. happened a folks. The nerdy. The what? nerdy. Is that what we're calling it? The yes, nerdy. the nerdy. Oh, I like the that. Nerdy. The nerdy. Gosh, that was amazing. The that nerdy. Just... <laughs> Okay, I think we'll leave the conversation there. Thanks for joining us in episode two of the Nerd Creator Podcast. For Mark, Omar, Erica, and Ian, I'm Mike. Saying thanks for uh, thanks for joining and listening. Bye. 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 <laughs>